The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic. Men, did you know that one in six men will develop prostate cancer in their lifetime? For more health information, visit clevelandclinic.org slash mention it. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 14th. Here's today's Big Idea. The bipartisan initiative to thwart election hacking gained steam. About 50 people were in Washington yesterday for an election security conference organized by the Belfer Center at Harvard's Kennedy School. Four secretaries of state and other election officials from around the country huddled for the last two days with cybersecurity experts from Google and Facebook, as well as officials from the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, and the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. They talked about what they can do differently in 2018 and 2020 to prevent hacking. The event took place at Facebook's D.C. office. There were breakout sessions about protecting voter registration lists, recording election results, and helping counties administer elections. The meeting reflected the urgency to respond to potential vulnerabilities that have come to light and Russia's alleged efforts to interfere in the 2016 election. The main event yesterday was a tabletop exercise that simulated a foreign attack on the integrity of an election. Participants were forced to make hard choices, such as whether to switch from an electronic system to paper ballots. At one point, someone representing a county brought in an email that had supposedly come from the Secretary of State as part of this exercise. But the Secretary hadn't sent that email. It was a test to see whether the group would recognize that their email system had been hacked. And then what do you do in that situation? Do you call the other counties who might have received the same erroneous email and assumed it was genuine? Do you stop using email altogether? Eric Rosenbach, the co-director of the Belfer Center, was the chief of staff to former Defense Secretary Ash Carter the past two years. He said efforts like this are crucial to deterring America's enemies. He warned people at the conference that they need to be aware of not just foreign threats, but also think about domestic extremist groups from the fringes who might try to mess with an election. Intelligence professionals agree that Russia went after the Clinton campaign last year in an effort to interfere with the election. But people forget that the Chinese also hacked Mitt Romney's campaign back in the fall of 2011. The campaign managers for those two campaigns, Clinton's Robbie Mook and Romney's Matt Rhodes, are co-chairs of this Defending Digital Democracy initiative that put on the conference, and they participated in the tabletop exercise. Mook told me that the two teamed up because they firmly believe protecting elections should not be a partisan issue, and that this has become too politicized. They're now working to make a playbook of best practices for campaigns to protect their data and infrastructure. The same group also wants to disseminate the details of yesterday's tabletop exercise to election officials across the country so that they can do it on their own. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Democratic leaders announced late last night that they agreed with Trump to pursue a legislative deal that would protect hundreds of thousands of young undocumented immigrants from deportation while also enacting strong border security measures though not including a physical wall. The president discussed all of this last night with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi. A possible alliance between Trump and the Democrats on immigration would represent a major political gamble for the president. It would also upset a lot of Republicans, including his base, who are already very angry on social media. It suggests an unexpected deal he reached last week with Democrats may not have been an anomaly. That said, after the Democrats said that they had struck a deal, Trump pushed back on Twitter, saying that nothing had been finalized and that it would still have to pass both chambers of Congress. Number two, at least eight elderly people died in a South Florida nursing home after it apparently lost its air conditioning amid ongoing widespread power outages related to Hurricane Irma. 
Power companies have restored power to millions of Floridians, but about 3.5 million customer accounts still lack electricity. For some, it could be days or even weeks until the lights come back on. Number three, Senator Bernie Sanders introduced legislation Wednesday that would expand Medicare into a universal health insurance program. That legislation is backed by at least 15 Democratic senators. That's a record level of support for an idea that had been relegated to the fringes just a year ago. Sanders' bill, the Medicare for All Act of 2017, has no chance of passing in the Republican-run Congress. But the bill would revolutionize America's health care system, replacing it with a public system that would be paid for by much higher taxes. Everything from emergency surgery to prescription drugs, mental health care, eye care would be covered with no co-payments at all. That perhaps is why Sanders hasn't said how much it will cost or how he'll pay for it. While support for Sanders' proposal has risen from zero members to 15 members within the Senate Democratic Caucus, several of his colleagues are proposing alternative plans for Medicare or Medicaid buy-ins. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 14th. You can read much more at WashingtonPost.com daily 202. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.